We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we're here with some of the very best in jazz music from uh, now, of course, until uh, sometime after midnight. And uh, we have much to present this evening. We've got a lot of uh, different uh, agendas, but um, we're going to start, as we have done, with our jazz feature. And uh, my name is Gavin Walker, and of course I'm your host here, as I usually am every Monday night, with some of the very best in jazz music. And this evening, this is uh, an album that uh, is considered one of the essential jazz albums, And yet, if I said the name Teddy Charles to you, um, especially younger jazz fans, you might say, well, who is that? (laughs) Um, Teddy, of course, was extremely prominent in the 1950s. Um, He was a very important musician, and and yet he's, um, I think, a little bit overlooked uh, for a variety of reasons, not for any kind of incompetence or anything, but because he uh, he left music for so many years in the early 60s and didn't really return uh, until the latter part of his life. Teddy died in 2012 um, at age 84, so obviously he'd been around the block several times. And he was born on this day. And that's one of the reasons why we're celebrating his music. It's always interesting on uh, this particular show. I look for birthdays sometimes, and and, uh, it gives me um, a chance to celebrate the person's birthday, whether they're dead or alive, with their music. And um, it's... I find it, uh, it's a way of honoring them. It's an honor, a way of keeping their music alive. And it's a way of um, presenting music sometimes that uh, not that many people have heard or haven't heard in many, many years. And, uh, of course, if you're anything like me, as, as you get uh, on in years, you listen to um there is some music that you listen to over and over again. Sometimes you stop listening to it uh, for a number of years and then go back to it, but you begin to hear it in a different way. And uh, I was talking to a, a friend of mine the other day, and I was saying, you know, I listen, and I was using the modern jazz quartet as an example because I've listened to their music all my life, and. I said, you know, I listen to the modern jazz quartet very differently from when I did uh, when I was much younger. And, of course, when I was younger, I used to listen to, I used to focus on Milt Jackson. And, of course, because he was the leading voice in the modern jazz quartet. And, of course, the, the rhythm section. And John Lewis, his piano playing just didn't do anything for me. I just thought, well, he's there. Yeah, you got to put up with him kind of thing. And, of course, I had not realized um, what an amazing musician John Lewis was. So that's when I was young. Now when I listen to the modern jazz quartet, who do I listen to? John Lewis. I can't believe his genius. Uh, Very quiet, very behind the scenes, 
It's sometimes in the way that he accompanies uh, Milt Jackson, and his solos are models of um, brevity, uh, terseness, uh, gentleness, and beauty. They're like little gems. And at the time when I was younger, I just kind of ignored that. I said, well, he's kind of a tinkler. He's, you know, there's no emotion in his playing. <laughs> well, of course, that's all changed. I find John Lewis is playing extremely emotional. So I just wanted to make the point that one listens to music as one uh, gets older. You listen to the same music in a very different way. And uh, it's the same way as if your interest in music is pop music. You know, if you grew up with the Beatles um, and then listened to the Beatles 20 years later, you're going to hear different things in there, and you, your your ear is going to adapt to different things. Um, that's just the way it is. Anyway, I digress. We get to Teddy Charles. Teddy Charles, as I said, was a great musician. He was born Theodore Charles Cohen in the... Jazz capital of Massachusetts, a hotbed. Now, actually, it was a small town. Chicopee Falls, Massachusetts is where he was from. Teddy Charles, of course, um, was uh, uh, developed uh, an ear for music from his, uh, from his parents and uh, decided that he wanted to be a drummer. And uh, he became very accomplished and headed, of course, for New York City and, and played in a variety of, of big bands, which were around, there were lots of them in the late 40s. But, um, and then Teddy decided, well, gee, I'm going to commit myself to this, to music. I, I think I have enough talent to do it, and I'm going to go to school. So he uh, applied and entered the prestigious Juilliard School of Music, where he studied piano, composition, and picked up the vibraphone, and um, became very accomplished on that instrument, and the vibraphone became his main instrument. And, of course, he had studied composition, and composition uh, um, interested him a great deal. So from there, he um, began to, uh, he formed his own bands, uh, mostly little trios and quartets, and uh, wrote and did some very, very adventurous music with those uh, small bands. He, he called his quartet the New Directions Quartet. We're going to hear uh, uh, later on in the show um, an example of this fine little quartet and what they did so early. And their music sounds futuristic and far out, and you wouldn't believe it was recorded in 1952. Anyway, uh, Charles, of course, uh, continued, and... Um, lived on the West Coast for a while, made some great recordings out of Los Angeles with some of the Los Angeles musicians, then returned to New York and hooked up with Charles Mingus and became part of a whole group of musicians that uh, uh, were surrounding Mingus. And it was called, the, at the time, the Jazz Composer's Workshop. And uh, Charles Mingus and Teddy Charles um, collaborated and... Uh, with uh, Teddy Charles' Juilliard education in composition, he actually taught uh, Mingus a lot of uh, um, orchestrating techniques, and, and uh, they, uh, they became best of friends. And um, Mingus thought most highly of, of Teddy Charles, and he once was quoted as saying that if someone threatened him and Teddy on the street with a gun was going to shoot him, 
Mingus would sacrifice himself to save Teddy's life, and that's that's how highly thought of um, Charles Mingus felt about Teddy Charles. Teddy Charles recorded a lot of albums until he uh, basically retired in 1962, bought a boat. He, he was in love with the sea and became a sea captain for about 25 years. But that's a whole other aspect of his uh, uh, life. We're, we're talking about his period where he was active in music. And this album that he recorded with a band called the Teddy Charles Ten Tet is really his masterpiece album. This band was formed in the mid, about 1955, didn't change personnel very much, and uh, was a 10-piece band. And it was really an outlet for Teddy to write music for, but he wanted to bring in other composers um, and their works to the band, which he accomplished. And they, they worked the Newport Jazz Festival in 1955 and got a lot of critical acclaim, all positive, uh, continued to work uh, as many gigs as they could, and did this recording. Uh, Teddy signed a contract with Atlantic Records and did this particular recording with the Ten Tet. And uh, this recording, of course, is a true representation of what this band sounded like. Uh, the people involved here are all uh, great figures in jazz music, and we hear uh, Teddy, of course, on vi- vibraphone, uh, Art Farmer on trumpet, on the saxophones, the three of them, Gigi Grice on alto saxophone, and one of my favorites on tenor saxophone, J.R. Montrose, and George Barrow on baritone saxophone. Don Butterfield is on tuba. Jimmy Rainey, one of the finest guitar players ever, uh, is here. And on piano, Mel Waldron. And on bass, Teddy Kotick. And the drummer is a gentleman who went to Europe not long after this great, great drummer by the name of Joe Harris. So those were the people that made up the Ten Tet. And as I said, it was open to Teddy's music and the music of other composers as well. And we're going to hear seven selections that make up this album. We're going to begin with uh, the opening. It was written by pianist Mel Waldron and arranged by him. It's one of the finest tracks on the album. The piece of music is called Vibrations. You won't have any trouble identifying the soloist because there's only one of a kind. In other words, there's not two trumpet players, so you don't have to say, well, gee, who soloed here, so soloed there. All the instruments are are uh, they're all individual, so there's no problem there. Okay, the first uh, piece of music is called Vibrations, written by Mel Waldron. The second piece of music is written by the great Jimmy Jufrey, and um, it's another piece I like very much called The Quiet Time. And tune number three, composition number three, is written and arranged by Teddy Charles himself, and it's called The Emperor. Tune number four is a beautiful ballad. It's probably it's the only um, it's one of two standard tunes on here, and it's one of the most famous ballads. It's called Nature Boy, and it was written by Eden Abetz and arranged by Teddy Charles. So it's his arrangement. So that's tune number four, Nature Boy. Uh, then we move to another Teddy Charles composition called The Green Blues. Uh, 
And then we go to an arrangement of uh, the second standard on the set, uh, an arrangement by the great Gil Evans, of course, who went on to do all those classic recordings with Miles Davis. And it shows his writing style uh, as uh, he rearranges the great standard, You Go to My Head. The final tune composition is by the great George Russell, and it's called Lydian M1. And that's because it was written in the Lydian mode. And I'm not going to get into technicalities uh, on that sort of thing, but that's the basis of that composition. And it's a very exciting piece of music. So, once again, the personnel. Teddy Charles on vibes. Art Farmer, trumpet. Gigi Grice, alto saxophone. J.R. Monterose, tenor saxophone. George Barrow, baritone saxophone. Don Butterfield, tuba. Jimmy Rainey, guitar, Mel Waldron, piano, Teddy Kotick on bass, and Joe Harris on drums. Uh, these were recorded over three sessions in January of 1956. The Teddy Charles Ten Tet. Happy birthday, Captain Teddy, and uh, we love your music. And we hope our audience loves your music, too. I know they will. Here we go, Mel Waldron's Vibrations.
Our jazz feature this evening, a classic album which was issued on Atlantic Records. Actually, the, the cover also won an award. It's a great uh, picture of, uh, of Teddy, a black and white picture of the leader, Teddy Charles, and uh, um, with his uh, vibes and uh, smiling. And it's through a kind of a... Um, a window, and it looks as though he's he's uh, he's got all stripes. Anyway, it's it's hard to describe a picture on the radio, uh, but anyway, that's that's uh, anyway the 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 uh, the picture did win uh, an award back when the uh, album covers were kind of an art form in themselves, and uh, so people would judge them. Um, of course, and they, they, they had awards for that kind of stuff and everything like that. And vinyl albums are coming back. And of course, you know, people are realizing that, uh, it's really nice to have a vinyl album. You've got notes on the back and you've got a cover and, uh, some of the covers are, are great, uh, regardless of what kind of music there is. Anyway, Teddy Charles, and this was his masterpiece album and it featured the, his band, the Ten Tet, which was uh, in existence for about a year and a half uh, in New York, and basically no changes in personnel. All the, all the people involved in the band were very committed, and Teddy not only um, featured his own music and his own playing and arrangements and so on in the band, but uh, music of other composers too. So it was open. It was it was like a, a, a workshop idea, and of course. Um, as I mentioned before, Charles Mingus and Teddy Charles were very close friends, and uh, Mingus uh, adopted some of the ideas that uh, that Teddy had. They, there was a great interplay between the two men, and it was a very important association, which is not often talked about. And um, uh, there was an interchange of information between these two great gentlemen. So, the Teddy Charles Tantet, once again, the personnel was Teddy Charles, the leader on Vibes, uh, Art Farmer on Trumpet, the great Art Farmer. He's just, he did such a great job. See, this music is not only um, um, a combination of, of writing and improvising, it, it really is, uh, um, that's hard to do. A lot of jazz is basically uh, um, a quick tune, and then, the, and then the solos sort of make up the uh, the rest of the uh, of the music, whereas this is uh, um, involves writing as much as uh, a playing and um, that sort of thing, and yet it's not like a big band kind of thing. It's it's much more open than that, and the music's alive and and very spontaneous sounding, uh, even though a lot of it is written down and and arranged. All right, Teddy Charles on vibraphone, Art Farmer on trumpet, Gigi Grice on alto saxophone, and one of my all-time favorite tenor saxophonists and great influence on me, J.R. Monterose on tenor saxophone. On baritone saxophone, George Barrow. On tuba, Don Butterfield. On guitar, Jimmy Rainey. On piano, Mel Waldron. On bass, Teddy Kotick. And on drums, Joe Harris. All recorded over about three different sessions, uh, three different recording dates in January of 1956. We opened with Mel Waldron's great composition, very moody thing called Vibrations. Then we moved to uh, Jimmy Jufri's very reflective kind of conversation, and it featured some 
lovely soloing by Teddy Charles himself on vibes, and uh, this piece was called The Quiet Time. Then we move to uh, three pieces by, essentially by Teddy Charles. The uh, two number three was his composition and arrangement, and it was called The Emperor. Then we heard Teddy's uh, arrangement of one of the great standards of the time, Nature Boy, and um, that was tune number four. Tune number five was, again, uh, another Teddy Charles composition, an arrangement called The Green Blues. Then we moved to an arrangement of a standard by the great Gil Evans, and uh, he did the tune You Go to My Head, which, of course, is a famous uh, tune written by um, Haven Gillespie and J. Fred Coots. Great standard. Then the final tune, a very adventurous thing, written by George Russell and called Lydian M1 because it's built on the Lydian modal scale. And uh, George, of course, was uh, one of the great theorists and one of the great writers in jazz. So all of these people had, uh, had a voice in this band, all put together by the late, great Teddy Charles, whose birthday was today. As I said, he was born in Chicopee Falls, Massachusetts, in, uh, on this day in 1928, and passed away in 19, or in 2012. He was 84 years old. Uh, as I mentioned before, Teddy kind of, uh, he was, uh, did a lot of things in the 50s, not only performed, uh, he also produced recordings for um, three or four different labels, and acted as uh, the artist and repertoire uh, person, and uh, uh, of course um, continued to record about right up until about 1963 when he he decided to um, buy a big yacht, and uh, because he was raised close to the sea, he had a great love for the ocean, the sea, and he became a charter boat captain, and became Captain Ted and uh, ran charters for years, about 25 years, uh, in and around Long Island, New York, um, into Massachusetts, etc., etc. And um, that's what he did. Then, of course, he, in his later years, he returned to playing music, made some very fine albums, and uh, lived to the ripe old age of 84. Teddy Charles. We're going to hear a little more music by Teddy Charles, but I'm going to go back to uh, an album. This was my first hearing of Teddy Charles. I didn't know very much about him, but I remember buying this record um, when I was just a kid in Montreal. I was fascinated by the cover of the album, which is kind of a modern art cover, and it was a prestige record. It was also on sale. It was, uh, I think it was three ninety five, which was a lot of money in those days. And um, I, I took the album home sort of without actually listening to it. I thought, you know, whatever it is, it would be interesting. And I was totally fascinated by the music. And uh, it featured Teddy Charles' New Directions Quartet. And it was recorded just a couple of days before Christmas in 19... 19- 52 for Prestige Records. I still I have the original 10-inch album at home. Uh, it's a collector's item now, uh, and uh, uh, I treasure it. And I, I played it to death because it, this, the music is so interesting on it and very, very different um, from anything that I had ever heard. And it was uh, 
is really kind of futuristic music. So we're going to hear the, the contents of the whole album. It's a short album, uh, but all the pieces are really interesting on it. And uh, we're going to hear that just after a couple of messages. So I'd just like to remind you that you are listening to CITR, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory right here in Vancouver. And, of course, on the computer, we are CITR.ca. And uh, we have uh, a couple of messages for you. This is, of course, The Jazz Show. And my name's Gavin Walker, and we'll be back in a couple of seconds, right after these. Saturday, April 18th, CJSF and CITR team up to cover Record Store Day 2015. You got me curious. You got me curious, Rob. Live broadcast from all over Vancouver, Record Store Day events at Beat Street, Vinyl Records, Horses Records, Red Cat, and Neptune. Experience Record Store Day on air from 1 p.m. till 7 p.m. or in person at any of these locations. Tune in for prizes, interviews, live music, and more. Only on CJSF 90.1 FM and CITR 101.9 FM. Just you and me. Nothing, just you and me. Uh, eight before beauty. Anything you say, Stan. Uh, I do all the work, okay. Record Store Day 2015. And that's all. Lousy smarts weather. This issue of Discorder, there's no more Discorder. Discorder is over. Vancouver housing crisis, earthquakes, black floods, underwater. There's no more Discorder ever. 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 Discorder ever. Spring is here. This April, pick up an issue of Discorder from a local venue or record store. For articles on Sumac, Snit, Saradavachi, Record Store Day, and more. Special thanks to this month's advertisers, Levitation Fest, Rickshaw Theatre, Light Organ Records, Beat Merchant, Red Cat Records, Neptune Records, Horses Records, Audio Pile Records, Dandelion Emporium, High Life Records, Vinyl Records, Live Van, and AMS Events. Teddy Charles, once again, uh, another way of celebrating Teddy's birthday today, which is, of course, is uh, April 13th. This is the New Directions Quartet. As I said before, it was recorded in, uh, for Prestige Records, December 23rd, 1952. And um, we'll hear the, uh, the four pieces of music that make up this uh, 10-inch LP. Um, two, the first two compositions are by Teddy, and um, uh, the first one has, has kind of a, well, it's sort of an interesting title because uh, the music is very new, and it's, it's a great kind of evocative title, and the piece of music is called Edging Out. And then the uh, second tune is a very moody piece of music, kind of a tone poem called Nocturne. And then a uh, composition by the guitarist on the date, who we heard on the jazz feature, the great Jimmy Rainey on guitar. And he wrote this little piece, which only lasts about a minute and a half, and it's called Composition for Four Pieces. Most interesting. And the final tune is the longest track of the album, 
Um, it's a, kind of an abstract version of Dizzy Gillespie's most famous composition, A Night in Tunisia. The people involved here, Teddy Charles on vibes, Jimmy Rainey on guitar, Dick Nivison on bass, and Ed Shaughnessy on drums. Those were the members of the New Directions Quartet. So here we go, beginning with Edging Out. Thank you. 
four tunes that made up this uh, delightful little 10-inch album called Teddy Charles and the New Directions Quartet, recorded um, December 23, 1952, in uh, New York City, with uh, Teddy Charles, the leader, on vibes, Jimmy Rainey on guitar, Dick Nivison on bass, and Ed Shaughnessy on drums. And we heard four pieces of music. The first two were by Teddy. Uh, the first piece of music was called Edging Out, almost like edging out into the outer space kind of idea. I think that was the idea, <laughs> the idea because this was, um, for its time, uh, this music was pretty futuristic, and it still sounds that way uh, so many years later. Um, a most interesting recording and shows the, the sort of innovative um, mindset that uh, Teddy Charles had. He, uh, he wasn't your uh, sort of uh, um, cut-and-dry jazz musician. He was uh, a very creative gentleman and uh, a very important figure uh, during those years that he was active um, in modern jazz. So the first piece of music called Edging Out. The second piece of music was kind of a mood thing called Nocturne. And then the third piece of music was written by the guitarist, Jimmy Rainey, and it was all written out, uh, no improvisation in the piece, but it was a neat kind of a piece, and it sort of had an implied rhythm, uh, and it was only a minute and a half long. It's called A Composition for Four Pieces. And the final tune was uh, um, kind of an abstract version of Dizzy Gillespie's most famous composition, A Night in Tunisia. So uh, that made up the... uh, the album, the uh, 10-inch LP, Teddy Charles and the New Directions Quartet. So we celebrated his birthday today, April 13th, and a musician that uh, shouldn't be forgotten, very important um, musician on the New York scene and a very creative force, Teddy Charles. As I said, he was born in uh, Chicopee Falls, Massachusetts, April 13th, 1928, and died um, at his home, age 84, in 2012. Great musician, Teddy Charles. All right, we're going to move on now and uh, change the mood entirely and play something kind of down and funky. I like this piece of music. I love this piece of music. And, of course, I love the saxophone player on here, the one and only Eddie Harris. And... um, we became pretty good friends uh, uh, when uh, Eddie and I met. We kind of hit it off together, and um, what a incredible personality to be around. And uh, this is one of his hits, and uh, he plays a little electric tenor saxophone on here with um, some Chicago musicians, Jody Christian on piano, Melvin Jackson on bass, Richard Smith on drums, and um, a couple of percussionists, Joe Walletz and Ray Barreto on percussion. And, of course, this piece of music is an Eddie Harris special. It's called Listen Here.
We heard three in a row, first beginning with Eddie Harris and one of his uh, most famous compositions, kind of getting down and uh, and funky with his uh, tenor saxophone with uh, the electronic attachment. Uh, Eddie Harris was a pioneer uh, in this and uh, really knew how to use that uh, technology. And we heard Eddie on tenor saxophone with Jody Christian on piano, Melvin Jackson on bass, Richard Smith on drums, Joe Wollens and Ray Barretto on percussion. And the tune, of course, was Eddie's very famous Listen Here. We followed that with a gorgeous ballad played by the legendary Pharaoh Sanders on tenor saxophone, along with Ray Drummond on bass and Idris Mohammed on drums. Actually, Idris is the leader of that trio. The tune we heard, of course, was a tune that uh, um, was written by Billy Eckstein and uh, loved by a lot of jazz musicians. John Coltrane did a definitive version of the tune, but I particularly like the version that uh, I just played you by Pharaoh Sanders, and the tune is I Want to Talk About You. The final tune was by another great tenor saxophonist with the Chico Hamilton Quintet. And that saxophonist was Charles Lloyd, who was here at uh, last year's Jazz Festival. And he actually played this tune uh, at the concert as well. He wrote it. It's called Pass em Through. And, of course, we heard uh, Charles Lloyd on tenor saxophone with George Bohanan on trombone, Gabor Zabo on guitar, the late and wonderful Albert Stinson on bass, and Chico Hamilton, the leader, on drums, passing through from a very famous album from uh, Impulse Records, one of Chico's finest. So three great tenor saxophonists, Eddie Harris, Farrell Sanders, and Charles Lloyd, all in a row. And right now we have something uh, very important to tell you. First of all, I'd just like to remind you that you are listening to CITR, broadcasting from unceded Musqueam territory right here in Vancouver. And, of course, we're also on the web, citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. This is The Jazz Show, and we'll be right back with some more right after we listen to this. The rain is supposed to end uh, this evening. It was a pretty drippy day today, I'll tell you. And uh, the rain is, uh, um, well, it was uh, it was dying down uh, when I drove out to uh, UBC. And uh, so tonight has now become partly cloudy and a little bit windy with a low of 6. Tomorrow is going to be a mix of sun and cloud with a 40% chance of a shower with a low of 6 and a high of 11. 
Then Wednesday, cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower with low of 6, high of 11, pretty well the same for Thursday and Friday. Cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower, lows between 6 or 7 and going up to 13 or 14. The weekend looks good, though. Saturday and Sunday, sunny with a low of 6 and highs between 16 and 18. So it looks really nice for the weekend. We can only hope. All right. We're going to change the mood a little bit now and play you some solo piano by the one and only Keith Jarrett. This was recorded in Paris in November of 2008 as part of a solo piano concert. And um, Jarrett's going to take you all of the places he usually takes you when he does a totally improvised solo piece. And here it is.
Keith Jarrett, solo piano, recorded in Paris in 2008. And, of course, that was uh, an excursion uh, in music. There's no title, of course. A totally improvised piece of music from the uh, head of uh, one of the geniuses of music, Mr. Jarrett, solo piano. We're going to... Uh, Switch to a song about springtime, and uh, it's a great standard tune. And I think this is the definitive version of this tune. It's from an album called Bittersweet, and the singer is the one and only Carmen McRae. And I tell you, I have never heard a version of this tune that equals Carmen McRae's version of the tune called Spring Can Really Hang You Up the Most. Here is Carmen with Norman Simmons on piano, uh, some subtle guitar work by Mundell Lowe on bass, Victor Sproles, and on drums, Curtis Boyd. And Miss McRae, and Spring Can Really Hang You Up the Most. Once I was a sentimental thing Threw my heart away each spring Now a spring romance doesn't stand a chance Promised my first dance to winter All I've got to show's a splinter Spring this year has got me feeling like a horse that never left the post. I lie in my room, staring up at the ceiling. Spring can really hang you up the most. Mornings kiss wakes trees and flowers And to them I'd like to drink a toast I stroll in the park just to kill lonely hours Spring can really hang you up the most Love seems sure around the new year Now it's April, love is just a ghost Spring arrived on time 
But what became of you, dear? Spring can really hang you up the most. Spring is here. There's no mistaking. Robins building nests from coast to coast. My heart tries to sing so they won't hear it breaking. Just like last year's Easter bonnets, spring can really hang you up the most. Love came my way, I hoped it would last. We a bit my condition must be chronic spring can really hang you up the most I'm all alone the part is over was a gracious host, but if you keep praying for snow to hide the clover, Can really hang you up 
the most. Carmen MacRae, one of her, uh, well, I think the finest rendition, recorded rendition of that that particular song, which uh, not everybody can do. Spring can really hang you up the most. And the people involved with Carmen, um, Norman Simmons at the piano, some subtle guitar work by Mundell Lowe, Victor Sproles on bass, and Curtis Boyd on drums. A classic rendition from uh, Carmen's album, Bittersweet. Yeah, uh, Ode to Spring. And uh, <laughs> there you go. We're waiting for spring, so we'll see. Uh, we had a little taste of it last week, I'll tell you. I think it was last uh, Thursday. It was just uh, absolutely amazing, the weather. And then, of course, it all turned to uh, <laughs> rain and everything on Friday. But, uh, you know, that happens, especially this time of year. All right, you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR 101.9, located on unceded Musqueam territory, right here in Vancouver, and broadcasting from the University of British Columbia. And... Of course, we're also on the web, CITR.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and uh, just a few uh, uh, brief uh, things to tell you. A couple of websites. Uh, One of them, of course, is one that I uh, usually always mention on the show, Brian Nation's website, and that's VancouverJazz.com. That's a comprehensive website, and lots of links on there, and uh, lots of information. On that particular website, Brian keeps everything up to date. And, of course, I think it's important uh, for, very important, as a matter of fact, for people to get out and support um, what jazz there is around Vancouver. And it usually crops up in different uh, venues. And uh, that's the thing. You have to kind of keep an eye on where it is happening and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and one of the ways to do it is to uh, get on to Brian's website and he keeps everything up to date, all the little gigs here in Vancouver and the various locations where they're played and the times and all that kind of stuff and the people that are playing them. And that's VancouverJazz.com. A good one to know. All right, and the other website, of course, is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. And, of course, it's the 30th anniversary this year of the Jazz Festival. They've got some huge plans this year and all kinds of um, artists coming. Everything is listed on their website. So get on to coastaljazz.ca, and you can see the lineup at Performance Works, um, what's happening downtown, what's happening at the big ticket items, like at the Orpheum and uh, the Vogue and, uh, and so on, and, and find out uh, all of that information is on coastaljazz.ca. And that's a good one to get to know. The catalog, uh, the printed catalog, will be out fairly soon um, of all the stuff that's happening on the Jazz Festival. And it's, uh, you know, time really flies these days, and before you know it, it'll be here. So there you go. And it's um, extended this year, uh, a few more days added, and, and some incredible artists coming to Vancouver. And one of the ways to check them out, you, get, you can buy tickets now, and uh, purchase them online uh, if you go to coastaljazz.ca. So check that out. And one more thing, my friend Ken Speller, a very, very fine musician, saxophonist, um, and uh, 
just a, a really nice player, but he's also a wonderful repairman. And that's what he does from his workshop in his home. So he's able to keep his prices very reasonable. So if you are a player of a clarinet, saxophone, flute, you know that these instruments need maintenance. And uh, without maintenance, you're not going to sound as good as you want to sound, whether you're a professional, amateur, student, whatever. Uh, Your instrument has to be in really good shape. It's like a car. Uh, A car has to be fine-tuned and uh, every once in a while so that uh, it's not going to give you any trouble. So there you go. That's basically what it is. And uh, as a great musician told me, he said, you know, see, he, he, um, he pointed at his saxophone. He said, see this saxophone? It ain't nothing, you know. It's just a machine. It's a, it, it, it's a lifeless machine until you put your air into it and put your fingers on the keys and make some music from it. But that's what it is. He said it's a great machine. It has to be kept in shape. So <laughs> very, very true. Ken Speller's the guy to do it. He's, he's great. Uh, he can be contacted at 778-800-1933, 778-800-1933, or uh, via email, kspeller, K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R underscore 14 at yahoo.ca, kspeller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. We're going to take you back in time, yes, to Boston, and I've been looking for these recordings for years and years and years. This is an early version, before they became famous, of the Dave Brubeck Quartet. Um, It was a couple of years before all of a sudden Brubeck was catapulted to um, jazz fame uh, with a cover on Time magazine and uh, uh, all uh, all that kind of stuff, signing with Columbia Records. This is all before that happened. And the quartet was still a very, very viable group with um, set arrangements, uh, a great sound with uh, Mr. Brubeck on piano, and, of course, the great Paul Desmond on alto saxophone. Uh, they were recording for a small label at the time in the early 50s, Fantasy Records, and, and the studio recordings were, were fine, but these are broadcast recordings, and I had been looking for these for years and years. I knew of their existence, and uh, the sound is good, and uh, um, the band sounds wonderful. The, the people involved, of course, I mentioned Brubeck and Desmond. On bass is a, a, a great old friend of mine, lived here in Vancouver for about 15 years. We did made a lot of music together and we developed a great friendship. He was an early bassist with Dave Brubeck, and I'm talking about the great Wyatt Ruther. He had a nickname, too, Bull, Wyatt Bull Ruther, on bass. And on drums, a very fine and um, little-known drummer from San Francisco by the name of Herb Barman. And they were the regular rhythm section in Brubeck's band for about a year and a half. And uh, so they're here. And as I said, these were recorded in Boston at a club called Storyville on February 6th. Hey, that's my birthday in 1952. There you go. And we're going to hear the voice... Uh, announcing the tunes, between the tunes, of someone who became one of the leading jazz critics, Nat Hentoff. And I think here, 
Uh, Nat Hantoff was always a lover of jazz music, and I'm, uh, I'm sure the, the radio station hired him to, to be the sort of MC and, and announce the tunes in, in, in between the tunes. And Nat sounds like he just graduated in, <laughs> in English from university because he's, uh, well, you'll hear his voice. All right. And, and, and you'll see what I mean. Uh, <laughs> I think the aspiring writer was coming out uh, in these announcements. Uh, lots of big $64 words and, uh, from Nat Hantoff. So anyway, he's the, uh, he's the announcer. So this is the early Dave Brubeck Quartet. Uh, this is long before Take 5 and all that kind of stuff. They were basically doing arrangements on standard tunes. And uh, really nice, nice little arrangements. And uh, they, they kept, though, that, these tunes in their repertoire uh, over the years. And they sound great here. So this is the Dave Brubeck Quartet. And uh, here we go. And the voice, first of all, Nat Hentoff. George Wien presents Jazz at Storyville, featuring the chordal concatenations of the Dave Brubeck Quartet. Busy again introduces a half hour of music by Dave Rubeck from George Ween Storyville, the Hotel Buckminster at Kenmore Square, engineering by Arnie Ginsberg. The quartet personnel comprises Herb Barman on drums and bongos, as you will hear later, Wyatt Bullruther on bass, Paul Desmond on alto, and Mr. Brubeck on harpsichord and associate instruments. Opening with a slightly schizophrenic scherzo called Me and My Shadow.
Now from the large band to a trio, this one featuring Mr. Barman's William Faulknerish bongos on Heart and Soul. This is one of the songs that Dave Brubeck has recorded for the Fantasy label. As a matter of fact, Fantasy Records are available in this locality to be unabashed about the plug, or if they're not, you can order them, and it's called Undecided. Thank you. 
You're listening to the Dave Brubeck Quartet's variations on Kleine Kama music from George Whedon's Storyville, the Hotel Buckminster, Kenmore Square. The quartet will be here until Sunday night only. They'll be joined this Friday evening by Miss Lee Wiley, which means a co-starring deal during the weekend. And starting Monday night, they will be dancing at Storyville after 10 o'clock, participative dancing, I mean, not uh, ballet or Martha Grahamish, unless you feel inclined. And now back to the quartet and all the things you are.
complex contrapuntal caper at the end was incidentally improvisatory and perhaps merits some additional applause. Gentlemen. The, the quartet contracts into a trio again and proceeds to metamorphosize Rilke's Singing in the Rain. This next song will not be played in quite the manner you may have become accustomed to hearing it at the Jazz at the Philharmonic Nymphalepsies, the Dave Brubeck Quartet in Perdido.
an inevitable result of the startling creativity of the Dave Rubeck Quartet is the disclosure of uh, new potentialities in songs you may have heard a thousand or more times. For example, I doubt if even Hoagy Carmichael suspected the latent horizons in Stardust. left for about 94 seconds of Jimmy Lyons Busy. 
Jazz from George Wien's Storyville, the Hotel Buckminster at Kenmore Square, with Herb Barman on drums and bongos, Wyatt Ruther bass, and Paul Desmond Aldo, Ray Brubeck on piano. No cover charge this week except Friday and Saturday nights. Lee Wiley opens on Friday. Dave Brubeck's engagement concludes on Sunday. Another broadcast tomorrow at 11.30. Engineering has been by Arnie Ginsberg. Matt Hedoff speaking. WMEX LBS Boston. There you go. Some early broadcast recordings, and actually quite well recorded, too, as some of these uh, uh, type of recordings can be uh, pretty nasty, awful sound, but uh, um, the sound quality on these recordings were great. And I've been looking for these things for years. I knew of their existence, and of course now they've uh, um, come into my hands, and I can share them with you. We heard an early version of the Dave Brubeck Quartet, all recorded February 6th, 1952, at, um, as you heard the uh, Master of Ceremonies, the great uh, Nat Hentoff, say, at uh, Storyville in Boston, one of the leading jazz clubs of the time, and a, a place where Brubeck enjoyed playing. Um, he later, of course, went on to uh, play... Um, developed the college audience for jazz music and that was one of his uh one of his things that he um, he really contributed to uh opening up a whole new audience for uh, jazz music his wife actually Iola the late Iola Brubeck uh, suggested that and of course that was the beginning of Dave Brubeck's real climb to fame so he was known uh, at this time but hardly uh <laughs> you know he was not well known, um, but the quartet had a lot of merit, and it was interesting that uh, young Nat Hentoff, who went on to become a great writer and also a, a great uh, writer of jazz books uh, and critic, um, this was uh, Nat doing the uh, the voiceovers between the tunes, and of course he uh, he had a great love for Dave Brubeck's uh, music. And at the time, uh, Brubeck was basically interpreting. Uh, with some nice little arrangements, uh, standard tunes. Uh, this is long before Take Five and Blue Rondo Ella Turk and all those uh, um, original compositions that uh, they began playing uh, about 10 years after this. So the people involved, as you heard, uh, Herb Barman on uh, drums and bongo drums when Brubeck was playing the uh, uh, piano without Paul Desmond, Wyatt Ruther, a dear old friend of mine on bass, the late Wyatt Ruther, and, of course, Paul Desmond, alto saxophone, and Dave Brubeck at piano. And we heard a whole bunch of tunes, beginning with Me and My Shadow, a nice arrangement of that old uh, uh, war horse, and then uh, a trio version without Paul and, and Barman on bongos of a tune called Heart and Soul, then a nice arrangement of an up-tempo tune called Undecided. This is written by a jazz guy named Charlie Shavers. And uh, then we heard, of course, uh, All the Things You Are, great tune played by the quartet, and then Singing in the Rain, and then their version of Perdido, and we heard a lovely version with uh, Paul Desmond's alto really singing on Hokey Carmichael's Stardust, and a little bit of the Brubeck theme song, an original composition called Lions Busy, dedicated to the great uh, California disc jockey, Jimmy Lyons, and a big supporter of the quartet. So that's some uh, early and rare 
Dave Brubeck. You are listening to CITR on unceded Musqueam territory right here in Vancouver and broadcasting from the University of British Columbia, 101.9 FM or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. This is The Jazz Show. And we're going to listen now to Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. This is a recording uh, I have to thank my good friend Ron Hearn for making uh, this recording available to me. This is a rejected Blue Note session. The reason it was rejected is that Blue Note decided to record the band um, a little while later in 1959 live from Birdland and then issued uh, two albums or a double album uh, from that date. And this particular studio recording... Um, was never issued and uh, and got lost in the shuffle. The tapes have uh, have kind of come out of the woodwork, and uh, we're going to hear this. Um, and that's the reason it was rejected, not because of the music. It was rejected simply because uh, they didn't really need this recording session because they recorded the band, as I said, a few weeks later live. So this was done in the studio with Art Blakey, of course, on drums, with the great... He's still a teenager, Lee Morgan on trumpet, Hank Mobley on tenor saxophone, the welterweight champion of the tenor, Bobby Timmons at the piano, Jimmy Merritt on bass. We're going to hear two tunes, two Hank Mobley tunes. The first one is called the Hip Sippy Blues, and the second tune is called M&M, standing for uh, Mobley and Morgan. Two Hank Mobley compositions from this uh, session recorded at uh, Rudy Van Gelder's studio, March the 8th, 1959. Thank you. 
two pieces of music by Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers as they sounded March the 8th, 1959 on a never-before-issued uh, album um, that, were, that was uh, ostensibly done for Blue Note Records but never put out uh, because the same band recorded live a double album a couple of weeks later and basically the same repertoire, so this album became... Uh, or a potential album became redundant, and uh, these um, rare tapes have just been uh, kind of released and spread around, so we're very happy to have them uh, uh, play a couple of tunes from this uh, so-called rejected session. But the band sounded great and uh, recorded March 8, 1959. Lee Morgan on trumpet, who was uh, <laughs> still, a, still a teenager at that time, just amazing. Hank Mobley on tenor saxophone, Bobby Timmons at piano, Jimmy Merritt on bass, and, of course, the mighty Art Blakey on drums. Two tunes written by Hank. The first one was called The Hip Sippy Blues, and um, I noticed some um, uncharacteristic uh, skips in the CD, so I switched over to another player for the second tune, um, hence the pause between two tunes. Um, the second tune was called M&M, both written by Hank Mobley. We're going to conclude this evening's show with uh, three pieces by the late, great Booker Little, who was a virtuoso trumpet player. He was 23 when he died. He was not um, a musician that was uh, subject to uh, some of the things, the negative things that uh, musicians were sometimes uh, subjected to, such as drugs and so on. Booker was not uh, that way. He died of... Uh, uremic poisoning, which was a, um, a kidney ailment. And sad to say he was taken from us at age 23. He was a virtuoso trumpeter. He was kind of the Wynton Marcellus of his day. Um, he had a very, very healthy outlook on life. He was very creative. Um, he was able to play anything, including classical music. Uh, he was a very, very gifted musician. And uh, who knows what his potential would have been. And I think one of his finest albums was for the Small Candid label, recorded in uh, April of 1961. And we're going to hear three tunes from that, um, all compositions by Booker Little. The people involved uh, in this recording session, Booker, of course, on trumpet, Julian Priester on trombone, Eric Dolphy playing alto saxophone, bass clarinet, and flute on piano. Don Friedman, who is still very much alive and with us, lives in New York, performs all the time. And, yeah, Julian Priester, the trombonist, is still with us, too. On bass is someone who is very much with us, Ron Carter. And on drums, Max Roach. The three tunes. We begin with Moods in Free Time. Then a tune dedicated to Nat Hentoff, uh, the gentleman that you heard on the uh, Dave Brubeck recordings as a young man. Uh, he was um, a supervisor and producer for Candid Records, and so he was there. And the tune, Man of Words, the composition by Booker Little, was dedicated to Nat Hentoff because he was indeed a man of words. And the final tune is... a. Um, really intriguing Booker Little original called Hazy Hughes. So from this classic album out front, 
Here then is the great late Booker Little.
Three Tunes, written by Booker Little, the late Booker Little from his classic album, came out on Candid Records called Out Front. And this um, wonderful gentleman, trumpeter, composer, and uh, in many ways a tragic figure because we lost him so young, 23 years old when he, uh, when he died of uremia, kidney, uh, serious kidney ailment. And uh, we heard Booker on trumpet with uh, Julian Priester on trombone, Eric Dolphy playing um, alto saxophone, bass clarinet, and flute in um, various ensemble roles, and of course uh, alto in uh, solo role, Don Friedman on piano, Ron Carter on bass, and the great Max Roach on drums. And the, the three tunes we heard, Moods in Free Time, Man of Words, dedicated to the uh, supervisor of the date, Nat Hentoff, and the final tune was called Hazy Hughes. And that concludes uh, the jazz show this evening. I certainly hope you enjoyed it, and uh, will join us again next week. We'll be back in seven days' time next Monday night, starting at 9 o'clock. Our jazz feature next week is... uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I'll find out right now because um, I can, I'll remind myself. The jazz feature next week is yet another birthday and yet another vibes player, one of the pioneers of the vibraphone, the one and only Lionel Hampton. And we're going to play some real artistic, the artistic side and creative side of Lionel Hampton when he was captured on a recording date that included Oscar Peterson at the piano, Ray Brown on bass, and Buddy Rich on drums. Four jazz giants. And uh, some of the greatest um, Hampton you're ever likely to hear. Because he's out front and he's doing it. Lionel Hampton, one of the pioneers of the vibes and one of the pioneers of of jazz music. Lionel Hampton was right there for all the different uh, styles of jazz music and lived through it all. Great band leader, showman, and of course, uh, just a wonderful artist. Next week on the jazz feature, Lionel Hampton. All right. Thank you very much once again for being out there on behalf of CITR FM 101.9, and of course we are broadcasting um, from unceded Musqueam territory, and right out here at the University of British Columbia. We're also on the web, www.citr.ca. We'll see you in seven days' time. Take care, and good night.